0: Good morning. I'm Peggy Van de Plache, I'm the author of Paris Mushroom and Me, which is a, a memoir on microdosing psychedelics. So I talk about microdosing psychedelics, uh, mental health, and uh, all things uh, personal transformation related. So I'm very happy to have you here. So I received tons of feedback uh, regarding my last piece, which was on our corporations gaslighting psychopaths. Um, and I decided that the conversation needed this transition piece before going where I was planning to go directly, which is uh, employees' mental health. So first, I really want to thank you all, you know, who are like reading and listening to my post, um, but also for your comments. It's really helpful for me to really understand what resonates and also the various levels of interpretation of my thoughts. So thank you very much. Um, so my intention with the last piece was really to showcase behaviors that are akin to emotional abuse. Uh, the reason for that was twofold. So the first uh, is really uh, for one is forearmed. armed, uh, and the second is it's because it took me an incredibly uh, long time to realize that these misbehaviors were not acceptable. Um, I was raised in an environment where emotional abuse was the rule. Uh, So for me, there was a lot of normality and familiarity in the daily gaslighted uh, that I encountered in my life at work, but also outside of work. So, um, you know, my fearful, powerless, obedient acceptance uh, of these abuses has really robbed me of many opportunities for joy, love, especially self-love, And success. So I really, really, really want to support others who, like me, might not even see what's wrong, uh, might be too afraid to speak up or might think that they are powerless. So that's really uh, what I want to do with this, uh, with this series on, uh, on mental health at work. So first I want to address some of the comments I received because I'm sure many of you uh, have, have thought of them too. So um, first, yes, emotional abuse happens in multiple settings, not just corporation. I use cooperation as an example because it's aligned with my background uh, and it's aligned with uh, the background of most of my audience. Uh, But yes, unfortunately, the symptoms I gave last time, egocentrism, lack of empathy, manipulation, and so on, um, are present in over-organized structures, such as uh, educational institutions, religious institutions, and so on. So, So obviously, the fact that emotional abuse is widespread doesn't make it more acceptable. Uh, So the second point I wanted to make is, yes, corporations can bring progress, prosperity, collegiality, and other benefits. Abusing employees is not mutually exclusive with bringing electric cars to markets. Now, is it an excuse to abuse employees? So I saw a couple of interesting limiting beliefs in the comments I received in that regard. The first is that we live in a black and white world where a corporation in my piece is whether good or bad. My belief is that we live in a world of gray and that I want to steer myself and others towards the lighter shade of gray. Uh, So yes, again, a corporation can bring Uh, new life-saving drugs to market, reduce climate change, uh, create wealth, and nonetheless abuse employees. The second interesting belief is really the the zero-sum game, assumption we operate under. So it is okay for someone or an organization um, to be abusive because they generate something positive, as if something bad should be tolerated as a price to pay for the benefits, or as if something bad needed to compensate for the good that was brought to the world. Um, so in the last 10 years, we've seen drastic changes when it comes to overtly sexist and racist comments in the workplace. None of the corporations wonder when this massive changes, extremely fast, when bankrupt, or stopped innovating because of that. So yes, Again, we don't have to trade off prosperity and progress for respect and kindness. So I, I believe that really like that fear of scarcity, the I win, you lose, or rather I win, you lose uh, mindset has a lot to do with our limiting belief related to trade off. Trading off money for respect, dignity, obedience. But I mean, is it is it even true? Uh, and it certainly isn't right. Would anyone listening to these words think it would be okay to teach children uh, that they can be disrespected, abused, and diminished in return for money? Isn't it another one of our mind-bending spells, making us disempowered, self-floating, and ill? Um, You know, I believe a new vision is possible. I mentioned earlier most institutions in the Western world had to quickly adjust to the new reality following the MeToo and Black Lives Matters movements. None of these institutions suffered from these new behaviours, despite the scale and pace at which they operated. However, 10, 10 years ago, most of us could not have imagined that we could operate under these new rules so quickly and seamlessly. So why would it be so different for emotional abuse in the workplace and elsewhere? What makes us believe that we can change that? We don't have to believe that manipulation, abuse, and disrespect are the prices to pay for prosperity, stability, and progress as an individual and a society. I mean, if Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, Malala Yousafzai, to only name a few, were able to have a vision of a widely different world despite the tremendous challenges they were facing, why couldn't we? In the grand scheme of things, asking for respect in the workplace can be more difficult to obtain than freedom. So we would be horrified to to witness behaviors that not that long ago were routines and widely accepted. Um, I recently watched that great movie, uh, She Said, Uh, which is a movie on the Harvey Harvey Weinstein debacle and and the birth of the the Me Too movement. To think that for decades that guy acted unimpended while hundreds, literally hundreds of people knew about his crimes and that the FBI even opened an investigation. I mean, it seems totally out of this world, but it did happen in our lifetimes. Not 50 years ago, not 30 years ago, but only five years ago. So if this had not been under the umbrella of an institution, Weinstein would have been indicted as a sexual predator decades before. But the entire system thought they needed him, but they could not talk, but it was the way it was, that they were powerless. We really need to ask ourselves, who are benefiting from our obedience and our silence, not the victims or the survivors if if they are on the other side, but the perpetrators. I hear the the don't-rock-the-boat arguments, and, and, and I will counter. What if it was our son, our daughter, our mother, our father, our sister, our brother, and so on? Would we be so silent? Would we be okay with knowing that everyone around them stayed silent? Are we really okay thinking that some employees commit suicide, have depression, anxiety, stomach ulcer, and over niceties because we don't want to rock the boat? Because it is what it is? Because survival of a fitness? Because no gain, no pain? I mean, as adults, we teach kids to stand up to bullies. What are we really doing ourselves? So I really, I strongly believe that we deserve better workplaces and better educational systems, and better religious institutions, um, and that we don't have to trade prosperity or even stability for it. No reason justify us tolerating bullies anywhere, anytime. We, we just need to speak up together. There is a strength in number. So, so next week, I'm planning to explore the mental and physical health impact of emotional abuse on employees. Um, unless there is more uh, debates coming up uh, so please share your comments and questions it's really a dialogue and it really helps um to to make it uh you know bigger in the open uh, if you are interested in knowing more about me you can check my website and all the all the social media uh, and there is the link to uh, to my speaking agent if you'd like me to speak uh, thank you so so much for listening and uh, looking forward to next week bye